Ava Addison's. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Good afternoon. This is airing the Addisons here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison, bringing you greetings from the Addison family, my wife Miki and our family, uh, doing just, just fine. Should have her back here pretty soon. But until then, I'll, I'll keep holding it down. And I want to uh, get a few announcements uh, out of the way. Uh, you can download our podcast at AFR.net, AFR.net, uh, for the Airing the Addisons podcast. You can email us at Addisons at AFR.net, Addisons at AFR.net. Also, want to draw your attention once again to the In His Image, In His Image uh, documentary. Make sure that you get ready for that. Uh, the premiere will be on October 20th. And so we just want to make sure we get you to register to watch a sneak uh, preview uh, for free. It, it will contain testimonies from former LGBT individuals uh, from the documentary, behind the scenes look at spiritual warfare behind the making of such a controversial film, and a special message from uh, AFA President Tim Wildman. You can go to inhisimage.movie to go and register for that. But make sure you look out for the premiere. Uh, October 20th. You don't want to miss that. Also, we have the Living the Gospel during a difficult, difficult times a town hall that will, that will be taking place. The speakers will be Abraham Hamilton III and Walker Wildman, uh, and it will happen right outside of the, in the Birmingham area. I'm not going to try to say that word again, <laughs> but in Alabama. And uh, you want to make sure you're part of that. I've heard a lot about these events. Um, from Abraham, my brother Abe, uh, he, he says a very encouraging time, a time he, he gets to like meet uh, the listeners and just really to encourage the body of Christ. We need encouragement in, in, these, in these times. And so I've heard that it's a great event. Every event that they've been, every uh, one that they've done in different areas has had a, a great turnout and uh, just been a great event to, to be at. So uh, that's the living the gospel during difficult Times You can sign up for that because I believe you have to register for it. Uh, but sign up at AFA.net slash events. AFA.net slash events. They say we are limited to 175 people. So please register as soon as possible. Please register as soon as possible for that event. You can go for more information on that to AFA.net slash events. There's a tab there and it'll give, give you all the information that uh, is necessary. Also, I want to ask you guys to continue to pray for our share that, that will be taking place starting tomorrow, uh, October 13th through the 15th. And the theme is our living hope. The scripture reference, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 9. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead 
to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your fate, the salvation of your souls. That's First Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 9, and that's the theme of our Sherathon that will begin tomorrow. So make sure that you're praying um, and asking the Lord what you should give, how you should be a part of this, because you are a part of what we're doing here. It's our living hope. The Sherathon begins tomorrow. Uh, the 13th through the 15th. Okay. Well, having done that, got that out of the way, I want to share a uh, article that I came across. And the title says, a poll, this is a poll, race is stronger, is a stronger indicator of vote than faith among evangelicals. Hmm. Race is a stronger indicator of vote than faith among evangelicals. So while Americans who identify as evangelicals are more likely as a group to vote for President Trump than Joe Biden in this year's election, a breakdown by skin color shows a great divide among them. Uh, the analysis comes from a LifeWay research poll of 1,200 people conducted September uh, 9th through the 23rd, Poll results show that among evangelicals uh, likely uh, to vote, 61% support Trump, 29% support Biden, uh, 2% support other candidates, and 8% are undecided. So nearly three-quarters of white evangelicals, 73%, uh, say they support Trump, while 18% support Biden. Among black evangelicals, 19% support Trump and 69% support Biden. Uh, Trump leads among evangelical voters of other ethnicities, 58%, and Biden garnered 32% uh, support from that group. This is in interesting uh, to me. It says, likely voters who say they are Christian and attend church at least once, once per, per month are essentially split evenly between the two candidates, with 46% supporting Trump and 45 a percent uh, supporting Biden. This group is distinct from evangelicals, although racial lines persist among these voters too. 59% of white people in this group support Trump versus 30% for Biden and 86% of blacks in this group support Biden with only 9% supporting Trump. Biden also leads among Hispanics in this group, 58% compared to 36% uh, for Trump and voters of other ethnicities, 49% to 36%. So from this poll, one thing that sticks out to me and something that I, I have grown to have a disdain for is in politics, people, real people are put into categories. 
you have the black vote, you have the white vote, you have the evangelical vote, you have the, 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 the vote of the women, the vote of uh, white men. We are put in categories as it pertains to uh, political, uh, political means and how we will vote. I hate that. I hate that. I hate the categories because it, to me, it seems like that's all we are to politicians. You know, and you see politicians doing different things to garner votes to they, they, they pander. They say certain things. They try to do this and that finagle, you know, in order to get the vote of this category of people. And so I, I, I was thinking about that and I've been thinking about this for a minute and I, I'm, I might read something that I wrote. Uh, I think it was like a year ago uh, concerning this. But I was I was thinking about this and I was like, man. Maybe it's time for Christians to challenge uh, the labels that are put upon us, challenging our labels, challenging our labels. I think that we have to be very, very careful in what we label ourselves and who we allow to label us. I think we need to be very careful because a lot of times what happen, happens with these labels or the definition of, of what it is, like, say, for instance, you're labeled a conservative. Well, I'm seeing that what is considered to be conservative is changing, is going through a transformation. You know, we, we know that there's like fiscal conservatism and there is, you know, social conservatism. And, you know, but I'm seeing that a lot of that stuff is changing. And a lot of those labels do change over time. They change because, you know, people either become more left leaning, right leaning, whatever you want to call it. And things change. So I think as Christians, we have to be very, very careful of what we label ourselves and what we allow others uh, to label us as well. So it is important in these times that we are clear. We are clear that there is clarity of what we call ourselves. You, I found that I can't go wrong with being labeled a follower of the way, a follower of Christ. And so I asked, I asked myself these, uh, these questions, and, 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 I'll, and I'll present them to you. Uh, should Christians shed political labels altogether? And these are just questions. I'm not saying that this is what should happen. But I think we need to ask ourselves these questions because it's, it's important as things develop that we are clear about who we are and where our allegiance, where it lies. So should Christians share political labels altogether? Are our associations with parties a hindrance to our witness for Christ? Now, am I saying, oh, don't hear me saying that, you know, um, I'm a, I think it's a, a, another label, is a label called uh, Never Trumper, not that at all. I'm not a, you know, pro this, pro that. Well, what I'm, what I'm asking is, have we allowed ourselves as Christians to be labeled as something that is ever-changing? And before you know it, we're still carrying those labels, but what it means is it's totally different now. I think we need to survey that. I, um, I'm on Facebook, not a lot, a lot, but enough. And when I feel like I have something to post, I post it. I really don't shy away. And something that I posted recently, 
uh, just for your consideration. I say something that sets us apart as Christians from just being politically conservative or Christian conservative is when, uh, when we speak of standing for God's design concerning marriage and family, we do so because of the straight edge of Scripture, not simply because it's a better way economically or otherwise. We do so in obedience to God, and the land yap is the, is the overflow from obedience to Yahweh. Some of the quote-unquote conservative superstars are for homosexual marriage, and some are homosexuals. And for me, just, uh, just call me a follower of the way, because even the term conservative has gone through recent transformations. Then I said, on Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All right. So that's for your consideration, because there are certain things that were historically conservative that I'm seeing that are not the same anymore. Like even the, the notion of being fiscally conservative, I think that's a, 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 a time going by. I think now there's no problem with spending. <laughs> I don't know how you can continue to wear that label when what's being done now is spending, spending, spending. Socially conservative. Well, I'm seeing conservatives, like I said in this post, that's saying, hey, we support homosexual marriage and we're homosexual and all this, all this stuff where historically I understood conservatives to be for God's design in, in marriage. Um, and I think there's a lot of things that are changing. Those are just two things. But I think as a Christian, we have to be very careful and taking on these labels. So I want to talk a little bit more about that, and I want to get um, responses from you all. And so I'll open up the phones in the in the last uh, segment. But I just want us to think about this. Are we blindly giving allegiance to parties and labels and calling ourselves this and that when really our ultimate label, first of all, is to be in Christ and everything should flow from that, that we're in Christ and we govern ourselves according to that. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. We'll be right back. If you've fallen behind in your credit card payments during the shutdown, you're probably feeling some added pressures. And even a brief history of late payments can lead to a big drop in your credit score. But you don't have to solve these problems alone. Trinity Debt Management can help. We'll work with your creditors, put a stop to late fees and other penalties, and make a plan that helps you get caught up. We'll also consolidate your bills into one easy-to-manage monthly payment and negotiate much lower interest rates. Not only will you find immediate relief, you'll save thousands. And don't worry, it's not a loan. It's a smart way to get back on track. All you have to do is give Trinity a quick call and we'll take care of the rest. Right now, no one really knows what the future will bring, but one thing is for sure. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Here's the number. Call one 800 
1813 That's 1-800-788-1813. While in the emergency room with my wife, as she was struggling with the COVID-19 virus herself, and I looked at her, I said, are you scared? And she said, a little bit, but I've been through worse. The Certainty of Mankind's History with Uncertainty, an article by Peter Rosenberger. And then, as her fever was approaching almost 103, she started singing in Christ alone. I place my trust and find my glory in the power of the cross. And that's how she has anchored herself in the certainty of Christ through her huge medical journey that has included 80 surgeries, both of her legs amputated, 100 doctors have treated her, 12 hospitals, and now the COVID-19 virus. And so when we live with those kinds of uncertainties, anchoring ourselves in Christ, in Christ alone, that's the only place we can run to where there is certainty. To read this article and more, visit afa.net forward slash the stand. Look, it's a great question. And maybe you know the typical family saves $500 a month switching to MediShare, but does it work? That's what Catherine was wondering when her family of five made the switch, and then she was diagnosed with an advanced cancer. Just the surgeon's bill was 100000 The first call that I made to MediShare, I was prayed with and prayed for, and there were just no problems at all. I mean, we just have not had any problems. So her need was met. And MediShare is a community of Christians who've now shared more than $4 billion of each other's health care bills. So many people are joining now wondering, why didn't we do this sooner? Catherine says her family has saved so much over the years. The savings have been thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. So yes, it works. Find out how much you can save. It's easy. You can call now and get a price within two minutes. Here's the number, 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, Fullness of God in hell, bless obey this gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to say to long that cross that Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied for Every sin on him was laid Here in the death of Christ I This is airing the Addisons on American Family Radio Once again, I'm Will Addison And I've been talking about uh, challenging our labels Challenging our labels uh, That song right there is In Christ Alone uh, Done by Anthony Evans And look I believe that we have to be really clear about who we are, uh, about the labels that we carry, especially going forward. And I think we're safe with being a follower of the way, a follower of, of Christ. And um, and I would just say if, you know, I know that's uh, political talk and things like that. Uh, my wife, Miki, is a Republican and I used to be a Republican um, as far as what I was listed as. But now I'm independent. Um and that's just that was just a conviction and a choice that I uh, personally made uh, just seeing some things on uh, what, w- what was happening, even within the Republican Party, you know, that didn't set 
well with with me personally, but I try to be a person that votes according to my biblical principles and policies, not because, you know, uh, I'm, a, I'm a part of this certain party or that certain party. You know, I really want to try to learn what the issues are and I want to vote according to my Christian conviction. Um, and so I think we have to challenge the labels that we allow ourselves to be under and that we put on ourselves. Um, and Dr. King, Dr. Martin Luther King uh, Jr., in one of his sermons, uh, this is a quote, and I, this quote always stuck out to me. It says, uh, he said, the church must be reminded that it is not the master or the servant of the state, but rather the conscience of the of the state. It must be the guide and the critic of the state and never its tool. If the church does not recapture its prophetic zeal, it will become an irrelevant social club without moral or spiritual authority. That really jives with um, my belief of the church uh, uh, being, you know, uh, we should be educated on what's happening politically. We, we need to know what's going on. But we should be in such a position where we're able to uh, speak out against, you know, bad and, uh, and applaud when, when good happens. You know, when our leaders do things incorrectly, we shouldn't be beholden to them so much so that we can't say anything about what they've done because we don't want to, uh, you know, mess up that base or whatever. But at the same time, when they do something great, we should be the first ones applauding what they've done. And, you know, sometimes when I look across this political landscape and I look at, at believers, I wonder, man, are we too beholden to certain parties? Have we been co-opted, you know, by a particular party, you know, because, hey, that's just how we vote or this is who we go with. And, you know, the other side, that's bad. And this is... Like, I really think we need to evaluate and survey. I know this is not a popular thing I'm, I'm saying, but I've come to the conclusion in my conviction that, man, we have to be careful about the labels. God desires a church in America to operate uh, in a way where we are neither co-opted uh, by any political parties. Like we see in the word of God where there are kings and there are great leaders, but there's also prophets that God would give a specific word uh, to in rebuke or chastisement of the king if he was stepping out of line. <laughs> in the same way today, if the church has been co-opted by any political party on either side, we lose the impact of God being able to speak through us in an impartial uh, way to get the attention of our leaders. I believe firmly that the church is to have a prophetic voice within this nation. And if we're not careful and if we're just leaning on this side or on that side, and I want and I want to make it clear, I'm not just talking about just leaning on the Republican side. You know, I'm talking about the Democrat side, too, or any side that would be co-opted to that you would be co-opted on in such a way where you can't speak freely what God is telling you to say. When you have something that has to be pointed out because it's not godly or it's, 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 you know, sinful or whatever it may be. And you can't do it because you don't want to 
you know, make people mad at you and stuff like that. I think you have to really survey where your allegiance lie. And so this challenge is basically for us to challenge the labels that we put upon ourselves. I think we have to, to, to kind of uh, evaluate and to see why do I call myself this? Why do I call, do I just, do I really believe that? Or was this something that was handed down to me? Was this label something that I'm expected to be because I am such and such? You know, I was reading uh, today in Philippians because I believe that the ultimate goal and ultimate thing that we should be concerned with is being in Christ as Christians. Yes, we deal with politics. Yes, we deal with real world situations and things happening. But I, I love to, to see how the Apostle Paul, even with all his credentials and all of his you know, uh, high learning and everything that he uh, was able to do, his confidence was in Christ. His confidence was not in, you know, uh, his Roman citizenship or in him being, you know, uh, top of his class in Judaism. And this is a very, very familiar passage of Scripture. But I think we need to be reminded of this from time to time. And that's not only this uh, uh, scripture, but that's more where it talks about us being hidden in Christ, that we are in Christ, that, you know, we've been translated out of the domain of darkness into his marvelous light. That's this is our identity. And we have to be careful that we're not trying to identify with something that's temporal for temporal gains, but that we're identifying with who we are in Christ. In Philippians chapter three, starting at verse two, he says, beware of the dogs, beware of the evil workers, beware of the false circumcision. For we are the true circumcision who worship in, in the spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Then he goes on to say, although I myself might have confidence even in the flesh, if anyone else has in mind to put confidence in the flesh, I far more circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to the righteousness which is in the law, found blameless. Verse 7 said, But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish, so that I may gain Christ and may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness with the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Now, Paul, he had many, many labels uh, before his encounter with Christ. You know, he was a Hebrew of Hebrews. That was 
you know, something that he was proud of. You know, there's a, a move now with, you know, and it's not a, a, a new thing, but I'm thinking in the black community, Afrocentric, you know, that black is, um, being black is, can almost be like an idol. You know, Paul, the apostle Paul was like, I was a Hebrew of Hebrew. You know, I was circumcised on the eighth day. You know, I was basically leading my class and my peers in Judaism. I'm of the tribe of Benjamin. All these things that he uh, had upon himself as as a label, as something that made him important, or something that had his allegiance. But he said, man, when he came into the knowledge of Christ, all that stuff became as loss, as dung. It was something that was uh, waste. And so what I'm saying is, let's not be so wrapped up in whatever it may be. It might not even be politics, but I'm saying that because that's the season that we're in. And it's so easy to be uh, uh, gripped by, you know, defending our side and doing this and doing, doing that, that, that we make sure that we are keeping our eyes and our focus on who we are in Christ and that we are making our decisions, even politically, based upon uh, the scripture. Now, I'm going to, uh, I want to read this and again, I know some of, the, some of these things that I'm saying may not be popular with people, but it's, it, it's born out of a, a strong conviction that I feel like the Lord has uh, uh, laid upon my heart. Now, I, I had been questioning some things um, for a while. And I had, there was one opportunity where I wrote some things down. And I'm going to be vulnerable and just read it. And I want to uh, also... As we, uh, as I go through this, I'm going to maybe at the end of this, give out the number that if you want to call in, uh, you can, you can chime in, let me know. You might say, Will, man, you're crazy. (laughs) You might say, I agree. Or you might have some question about what I'm I'm saying, but I'm going to go ahead and read this. And what I wrote is called a Christian conservative struggling with idolatry. Are Christian conservatives struggling with idolatry? And I said, idolatry can be a, a tricky thing. And most Christians, if asked, uh, do you struggle with idolatry? You would give the uh, emphatic, no way. The tricky thing about idolatry is that it can be really subtle. And we could be committing idolatry without having a clue that this is what we are doing. I've been asking myself some questions lately, and I'll let you in on some of them. Am I an idolater? Are there things that I love more than God? Are there things that I put on equal footing with my faith? These questions, especially in the climate we live in, in America, can be easily neglected. So what is idolatry? Well, idolatry is defined as worship of idols or extreme admiration, love, or reverence for something or someone. And the second definition brings it home. I've been considering the political atmosphere we live in as Americans. I've also been considering our role as Christians and how much affinity we should have for politics. How do we navigate being salt and light in this country that God has placed us in? How do we engage freely 
with all the rights afforded to us without becoming idolatrous and keeping those freedoms? Do we desire to obtain the American dream more than we desire to seek God's kingdom come and his will be done? Are we, as Christian conservatives, faltering in our view of politics? Do we equate one political party with righteousness and another with wickedness? Is this the proper view? Is it time for Christian conservatives to abandon all party affiliation because both are corrupt? Could we use our God-given influence to create a party that really represents our value and beliefs as conservative Christians? As you can see, I've really been considering some things. And I would say since writing this, I, a lot of times I don't, I don't even use the term conservative for myself that much anymore as just to say Christian because even the term conservative have, has changed over this short period of time. I go on to say it's no secret that Christian conservatives who once found a home in the Republican Party are now treated as the crazy uncle of the party. <laughs> He's the uncle that no one really uh, wants to invite to the reunion or the holiday event, but you kind of have to. He's the uncle that says all the things that irk the family, and the family is always trying to find a way to put crazy uncle in a room somewhere so they won't be annoyed by the things he's saying. Christian conservatives have been pushed to the margins of an, uh, by an establishment that even though they didn't boo God or vote to remove him from the platform, has in all other ways stated that they don't want the God of the Bible. Christian conservative candidates are smeared, seen as archaic, placed outside of the camp if they don't bend to the will of the swamp rats and the elites. Are we as Christians so loyal to a party that we don't get uh, the cues when the party is done with us? I would say this holding on is idolatry. It's the same idolatry that black America get accused of for blindly supporting the Democrat Party. Are Christian conservatives so beholden to country that we forget that we are really citizens of another place? A city that has foundation, foundations whose maker and builder is God, Hebrews 11.10. Are we as a church more concerned about civilian affairs that we can't see clearly the, the that the politics of the day is just a spinning of our self-righteous wills. I would submit when a political party with a platform, with a platform, no matter how solid it may be, shows us as Christians that it's just a piece of paper to them, we should be ready to, to see a collective peace out. Be back right after this. American Family Radio newscasts are now available as a podcast. I'm Rusty Pugh. I'm Steve Jordahl. Didn't catch the full story? Listen to the podcast. I'm Chris Woodward. I'm Chad Groening. Didn't have the radio on at the top of the hour? Listen to the podcast. I'm Charlie Bunch. And I'm Fred Jackson. Get accurate news from a Christian perspective whenever you want it with the American Family News podcast. You can also sign up for our daily news brief. Visit onenewsnow.com. Supreme Court nominee Amy Coney Barrett faces a grueling Senate confirmation hearing. Three years ago, Democrat Senators Dick Durbin and Dianne Feinstein unconstitutionally attacked Judge Barrett's religious faith. Do you consider yourself an Orthodox Catholic? The dogma 
lives loudly within you. Sign the petition urging Senator Lindsey Graham to immediately rule any attack against Judge Barrett's religious faith as out of order. Visit AFA.net. Well, these are certainly tough, tough times, aren't they? Hi, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, engaging the world with God's Word for more than 80 years at only $5 a Bible. You know, I'm grateful that God has given Bible League a platform for more than eight decades to address the other pandemic, and that's the shortage of Bibles all over the world in places like Asia, Africa, the Middle East, and Latin America. In fact, at Bible League, we determined that as few as one Christian in 10 has a Bible. What's that mean? That during this pandemic, many evangelical Christians elsewhere in the world cannot open their Bible and be reminded of God's promises like 1 Peter 5, 7, cast your cares on Him for He cares for you. But you know, during this time of sheltering in place, we can shelter in grace. Learn how you can be a blessing to believers around the world praying for a Bible by visiting sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org or by calling Bible League at 800-YES-WORD, 800-YES-WORD. What does it take to live an uncommon life? Here's former Super Bowl winning coach Tony Dungy with today's Uncommon Moment. What am I going to do with my life is a question we all ask. But the bigger question isn't what we're going to do, but why we're going to do it. Before you decide on what to do, figure out what your purpose is. Then decide what to do. How to accomplish that purpose, not on the basis of money, convenience, or availability, but on the basis of what you're passionate about. Use your gifts, pursue your passions, and work towards your purposes. When you do that, you'll find that work isn't a burden, but a gift from God, and it can be a key to living a fulfilling life. New York Times best-selling author Tony Dungy, author of the popular Uncommon book series, more at CoachDungy.com. That's CoachDungy.com. I know that you've heard this before And you really wish the church could say more to you Cause God don't seem as close as you want to Please remember however he can No Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison, and I was uh, reading a portion of uh, a paper that I wrote. It must have been a few years back. Are Christian conservatives struggling with idolatry? Before I finish that, I want to go ahead and give the numbers 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. If you want to give a, give me a call. Uh, you have a comment to make or a question to ask about anything that I've said today, um, open up the phone lines. And uh, again, that's 888-589-8840. Now, just continue on, just uh, read the rest of this. Uh, and I, I think I ended off. I said, I would submit when a political party with a platform, no matter how solid it may be, shows us as Christians that it's just a piece of paper to them, we should really we should be ready to say a collective uh, peace out. And I say mass exodus may be in order. 
it has been reported, and this was four years ago, of, of course, uh, that President Donald Trump received 81% of the evangelical vote. This is a very high number of support, and I believe it's time that the 81% for the 81% to consider the posture of the Republican Party and not just what it says it's about on paper, but what it's really doing and consider strategically its next move. It seems that uh, truly children of this world are more shrewd in dealing with the world around them than are the children of the light. At the end of the day, God is the one who has our allegiance. And as we can clearly see now, both major political parties are drenched in wickedness, greed, self-interest, scandal, partiality. It makes no sense for us uh, who know what's right to remain on this roller coaster of insanity. Where are the leaders with guts that will say it's not so much of a desire to leave a party, but it's that the party has left us. And I challenge you to question in your hearts some of the questions I've asked myself. Is it idolatry? Is our fate in a political party to make this country great? What's holding me to a specific political party? When the party is when the party in its actions have left God, why am I staying with that particular party? I'm speaking to Christian conservatives and I'm challenging us to all take inventory, to tear down all idols in our hearts. It's a challenge to have guts and to be about true change. Change will not come through faith in political ideals, but through uh, shoring up the church, building the family, equipping the saints and breaking free from any godless system that seeks to do away with our voices no matter who it is, Christ over everything. And I hope that uh, as I read that, that, you know, it's something that you heard um, my heart in that. It's not picking of any sides at all. It's just a question of our allegiance and, and where it lies. Um, like I would say, you know, I, I believe that uh, Christians, we have to evaluate candidates and, and we have to evaluate what's going on and see uh, uh, really biblically where things uh, stand. There's certain candidates, certain issues. They're just not going to get my vote. If you out there and you're, you're touting killing babies and all this kind of stuff, man, you can forget it. <laughs> you can forget it. And I would say that um, the way that uh, I vote, man, generally lines up <laughs> with uh, Republican candidates. But at the same time, I want to be free to be able to say, hey, this right here, that's not right. Uh, what's that right there? You know, and, and, and the freedom to, to say that and not be beholden to a party or a system. And I think that's the position that we should have as the people of God. Because the, the church, like I said, even in the Bible, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, God had a prophetic voice. He had a voice, you know, even amongst the leaders, even amongst kings even amongst those who, who served in high places. And the, the prophet a lot of times were, was outside of the camp. He was outside, you know, of every, where everyone lived. He was set apart. And the church is to be set apart even in our, our world and our culture today to be able to speak the truth uh, without any hindrance, without any, you know, um, you know being co-opted or, or, or feeling like I can't say this or I can't say that. I'm going to mess things up. But the church should have uh, the freedom to speak as thus is the Lord. 
and according to his word. And so I just wanted to throw that out there. And uh, I'm, I'm sure that you have some comments to make. So I want to go to the phone lines. Um, and I want to start off. Let's see. Let's go to Frank in Alabama. Hi, Frank. Hi, uh, Will. How you doing? I'm doing uh, good. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. I, I, I usually listen to a whole lot of Mickey talking real fast, and I appreciate you talking <laughs> slow because I'm southern. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I, I wanted to talk about something that you started off with uh, talking about. Uh, yes, sir. The uh, the party labels yes was was what you were talking about and uh, but I wanted to recommend to you and to anybody that's listening to go to uh, go to the internet and look up President George Washington's farewell address okay now that that thing is all about what he called factions. Mm. And what he meant by that was political parties. Mm. And he was very, very much against it. That's just about what the whole thing about about his farewell address. Mm. Okay. It's only a couple of pages long. Okay. But he lays out his case really a lot better than I could. Okay. Well, I tried to be a Tea Party person. Mm-hmm. But they disappointed me really badly when they, the IRS got after them about their 501c3, mm -hmm. and they just totally caved on that. Wow. And so yeah. I, I was left with no no political home. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you, Frank. I, I understand that. And, you know, I think this is a, it's not an easy topic to talk about, especially right now, you know, because we are so, you know, either this side or that side. And I think it's abundantly clear there's a lot of, you know, wickedness out there to go around, you know. And there, I just I just believe as Christians we have to be careful about how we label ourselves, you know, that we should govern ourselves according to the Scripture and that we shouldn't be so quick to take on uh, certain labels that, that will be given to us as a group of people. The evangelicals, you know, uh, they're supposed to do this and do that. I just feel like, you know, that kind of takes away from us being able to look at the issues, look at the word of God and say, this is how I need to vote. Next, let's go to Jacob in Arkansas. Hi, Jacob. Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, I just wanted to speak about what you were talking about on the party lines and things like that. Yes, sir. Um, you know, I mean, I agree with you big time. We, we we don't need to vote based on party only. I mean, unfortunately, though, we are in a political system where mm -hmm. there is basically two parties. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, one thing that I would really recommend, I don't know if um, you or how many of your listeners ever listened to um, Washington Watch with Tony Perkins mm -hmm. uh, for the last couple months on Fridays. He has been doing a thing on Fridays where he's just been interviewing two um, either Congress or senators um, that pretty much I think they've all been Republicans so far. Okay. But um, they are just, they're, they're giving their witness, giving their testimony and everything. Hmm. And, I mean, he keeps saying that he thinks we are on the verge of tipping the ship where there's going to be a lot more conservative Christians in Congress hmm. than there's not. 
Okay. And I mean, some of these guys, I mean, you listen to them. I mean, how many of them have been pastors at churches for 25, 30 years and the mm-hmm. Lord's, you know, called them out of it and told them to get into politics okay. and things like that. I mean, these people are just, I mean, it, every Friday, he's been doing it for about two months and he sounds like he's got a lot more of it. Okay. I, I mean, it's like every week I've just walked away from there just, you, you know, praising yeah. the Lord for the people that are in that party. So okay. really, it, it takes us putting Christians in mm. those parties, mm-hmm. um, you know, but the party isn't who our allegiance should be to. We do Amen. all agree it should be to Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, but that's all I'd have to say is, I mean, we, we are making headway at, at getting people in the right direction, but it's all up to us who we put in there as the candidate. Amen. Thank you, Jacob. I appreciate that. And that is encouraging. You know, um, yeah, we definitely want godly leadership, you know, to be in this in these places. And uh, and I guess um, that that's a great point Uh, to my point. I'm just you know, I I feel like we also can lean over into where we think our hope or our uh, success is going to be in a certain party. You know, when I when I when you can clearly see that both parties might you might say, well, one is more wicked than the other. Okay, that's fine. You know, but our allegiance and our should be in, in, in Christ. And it, we should have a mindset that no matter what happens come November 3rd, which, you know, we all have a desired outcome, you know, but we should be in a, at a place where we're like, man, our trust is in God. It, all is not lost, <laughs> you know, whatever way. And so I'm hoping that as a, as a Christian that we can survey uh, these things in that way, knowing that God is on the throne and we can totally put our full weight down on him. We can trust in him. All right, let's go to uh, Kenny in Oklahoma. Hi, Kenny. Hello, Will. Will, if you'll run, I'll vote for you. <laughs> no, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Will, as yes. a Bible-believing Christian, I could never vote for a Democrat mm-hmm. because we know what they stand for. Mm-hmm. But with that said, let me make it very clear. I really don't like President Trump. Yes, I will vote for him, and I sure do hope he gets reelected because Mm -hmm. of the vile, wicked Democratic Party. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is, Will, President Trump is an arrogant, foul-mouthed individual. Uh, From what I understand, he used the F word on Rush Limbaugh's program. Mm. What a filthy shame. And if President Trump don't get saved... He will go to the same hellfire that Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama are going to if they don't repent of their sins. Mm-hmm. So I hope they all repent and get saved. Amen. But uh, anyway, my goodness, we had better be praying for America. And one more thing, Will. Uh, I heard the other day, I heard it with my own ears, John MacArthur, the pastor in California, was asked a question. Mm-hmm. The question was, do you think a person can take the mark of the beast and then be saved after that? And John MacArthur said, yes, I think it's possible to be saved after taking the mark of the beast. What a false doctrine. Okay. What a damnable, damnable heresy that John MacArthur is promoting. So I hope that he'll repent also. Well, you know, I'll, I'll just say this. I'm not sure. I, know, I, I hadn't heard that, so I don't know. But as far as what you were saying about President Trump, I will say that uh, we should be able to say when somebody does something wrong that that is wrong and not feel like 
we can't we got to hold back you know but at the same time we should say when 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 a person does something that's that's uh praiseworthy that we should applaud that that's all i'm saying you know like if 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 somebody and no matter who it is you know the church should stand in such a position where we're able to communicate effectively God's precepts and his word and not have the fear of, you know, oh, man, I can't speak against this person or, or this uh, say something against that, you know, that we should be impartial. And I hold to that. And I think that's biblical. I think that's biblical to be impartial and to be able to uh, uh, have the, the, the words to say on both sides, you know, whether somebody is right or whether somebody is wrong. And so uh, with that, let's go to Wayne in Virginia. Hi, Wayne. Hey, Will. How you doing today, brother? I'm all right. I'm all right. I want to tell you congratulations. I Thank love you. you and Mickey. I can't express how much joy y'all have brought into my life driving home on the way work. Oh, thank you. But mm-hmm. having said that, yes, you struck nervous first black call, y'all. It sounded to me like you were taking away Christian support from the Republican Party with just your whole line of reasoning, your letter to yourself or whatever that was. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to say at this point in time, three weeks away from the election, the Democratic Party is so obviously evil and want to turn our country into some kind of communist dictatorship. They won't even say God in their Pledge of Allegiance. And mm-hmm. if you look up their platform, God is not a part of their party. Trump is out there saying everyone is made in the image of God, and I love you to death, man, but at this point in time, I would say, please don't take away Christian support from the Republican Party right now. We need every one of us to get out here and vote, or they're going to steal our country. Okay, and I would say to that, that's not what I'm doing, but I can understand your point. What I'm saying is that as Christians, we must rightly divide. We must look at, we must not be holding to political parties or anything like that. But we must have our, our, our allegiance squarely on Christ. And that's point blank what I'm saying. You know, if there's a disagreement with that, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. But this has been Aaron Addison's on American Family Radio. God willing, see you tomorrow.